Welcome in another episode of the Lions Den. I'm Spencer Warren via the Skype airwaves to get the web, as they call it, the internet. It's a beautiful part of the world, as uh, we're able to do things like this from home uh, during uh, during the coronavirus crisis. Ben, I'd, I'd love to see uh, Andy Munoz's uh, uh, search history whilst we're uh, we're on lockdown. The RSL uh, show producer, yeah, that's, yes. I bet that's dark. Uh, this, is a, uh, this is a KSL production. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and I'll just Sorry about that. Sorry. Throwing that out there, we don't need to dive into things that uh, well won't allow us to do this anymore. Let's just say that. Shall we start again? I don't know. No, no, no. I don't know. We'll continue. We'll continue. We love the guys at uh, the RSL show. We'll talk about them. Throughout this podcast, uh, in fact, we should, we should collaborate, Spenno, if we were smart and intelligent. And find a way, look, I haven't dug into it, but uh, find a way to get more than one person or more than two per- people rather on, on a Skype call uh, and record the whole thing. Because I was speaking to, uh, to Jake, who's kind of, uh, kind of the big dog over there. Um, no offense to all the other boys, of course. But uh, he said they've kind of slowed things down over at the RSL show. That The content is, uh, is just hard to come by and, and we get it. We're plugging away. Um, and trying to offer as much entertainment as, and insight as possible. Spenno, uh, before we get into um, the X's and O's, how yes. uh, how have you been holding up? Are you are you hanging in there? You're working from home now, which is good, because last week you were still going in the office. I know. Now you can see the oils there. You can see my printer there. I've got a Union Jack cushion that I'd love to to drop kick out of uh, my my front door, but my wife loves it, weirdo. Um, yeah, I'm all set up. I would show you the rest of the office, but it's absolute carnage because my wife and I actually share a desk. It's like a it's like a buddy desk on one right. side, and you're all set up with with yeah, it's it's a bit messy. I've got a dog dog on the sofa right here underneath the window, Luna. Very nice. But she's she's fast asleep. Is it the boxer? No, no, the boxer's in the in the main room. She's just there being deaf but luna this that's the that's the lab cross that she's uh she's just fast asleep on the sofa she's cute she's cute but yeah, loud yeah. so if the doorbell goes or somebody knocks on the door or if anybody walks by a little bit too loudly uh-huh because i'm in the office it's at the front of the house she uh-huh. will go mad and it's okay. going to ruin the podcast no that's which... fine that's fine but what about yourself i mean you got the lovely kate you got the beautiful freddie what's what's yes. going on well um I guess much the same this week, Benno. I've been home now, working from home for three weeks. Big thanks to uh, to KSL, Bonneville International. They were uh, on top of things, and uh, they got everybody set up, and we've been able to, <clears throat> pardon me, stay stay as productive as possible over at kslsports.com. Um, but, no, no, you know, just the baby's growing, right? Freddie's getting bigger. He turns six weeks today, so he's a month and a half. We're just wow. barely starting to see see some cracks with a, with a smile. So that's awfully exciting for new parents. We're just, like, sitting there staring at him for probably, on average, eight hours a day, seeing if yes. the little man can smile, which, uh, which is tedious, nonetheless. Um, Kate's well, though. She's getting back into the swimming thing. She's only got two more weeks of maternity leave before she has to start working again. So that's, uh, I'm sure, daunting for her. But anywho, we're, uh, we're staying alive, trying to cook. and, um, and Mainly pizza. On... Mainly pizza, I've seen. 
from your yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The pizza was really, really good. So if you guys are interested, just um just reach out. Speno, uh, where can people find you on Twitter? At Speno underscore seventy seven. Is that correct? That's the one. And you, Tom? I'm at Tom Can't Tack it. So do yourself a favor or don't and go follow us. But regardless. Uh Real Salt Lake News. So there's a bit we want to get to, Speno. Uh, I asked the people, the people spoke. Uh, the best 11 uh, for, for Real Salt Lake. I, sh- I should have added, and I asked this on, on Twitter, uh, but I should have added, you know, no injuries. So, so nobody's injured. Everybody's 100% healthy. What's your starting 11 that you think will best serve Freddy Juarez and Real Salt Lake in Major League Soccer? We'll get to that. Freddy Juarez also did a, uh, did a little, I guess it was, a, it was almost like a round table, if you will, where a number of media members gathered... Um, and we're able to ask the headman questions. He answered uh, very respectively, and uh, and actually gave some some pretty good insight into what they're doing um, and how they're handling the quarantine and the crisis alike. We will we'll get to that as well. But um, awesome. the, the 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 starting eleven, I think, is a fascinating conversation. It's almost a perfect conversation spanner for this for this time of year, especially considering there's. There's no, there's no football. There's no soccer that's being played. So we, we kind of got to put our coaching caps on and, <laughs> and, and share kind of what we think. I asked a number of people. I'll start first, um, and then I'd love to throw it over to you and hear what you have to say about my lineup, what you would change, and, um, and if, if, if you have any players that, that you'd put in your starting 11. But I've gone with, with Zach McMathingal, um, mm-hmm. and I must admit I – I'm not 100% sold on McMath at the minute. Um, I, I think he's served uh, pretty well. I thought he's made pretty good saves. Um, but by no means do I think he's a, a surefire starter for Real Salt Lake going forward. He's just small sample size. Um, but regardless, he's the man in goal. Left back, uh, Donny Toya. Center back combination, Justin Glad, Nadim Onoha, which, by the way, has not been the case this year. It's been... Nadia Monoha and Marcelo Silva. Aaron Herrera obviously plugs in at right back. Uh, I think Aaron Herrera, Speno, is is one of the the best right backs, not only um, obviously for Real Salt Lake, but but in the league uh, as a whole. Uh, Everton, Louise, Demir, Krein, like your centre midfield combination with 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 Albert Ruznak playing just in front of them at centre attacking mid. Left wing, right wing combination. I don't care which one of them starts on on what wing, but I think Ramirez. The 18-year-old um, so-called sensation out of Venezuela and, and Corey Baird are, are very, very good, um, and, and they should start there. And then I, I guess maybe to some people this this comes across as surprising, but I've gone with Martinez as uh, Douglas Martinez as my starting striker over Sam Johnson um, for a few reasons that uh, that I'm happy to get, get into. I, I think when he came on against the Red Bulls and got his 20, 25 minutes, Something changed. The team looked a lot more composed. He should have scored a goal. Unfortunately, the ball off his head uh, nicked his arm, which was unfortunate and was disallowed. Um, but but I think he's a real talent. He scored, boy, a ton of goals uh, for the Monarchs last year. Um, and, and I think Sam Johnson's good, don't get me wrong. I, I, I just think his skill set's not quite as broad as what Martinez gives. I think Martinez is better in the air. I think he's better with his with the ball at his at his feet, um, but I, I I will give the nod to Sam Johnson when it comes to efficiency shooting the football. I think he puts the ball in the back of the onion bag a lot, um, but I went with Martinez. So um, and we asked a ton of different people and and we got their 
opinions, which we can get to. But Spenno, before we do that, what would you change? Would you change anything? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, I, I mean, the great thing about this um, uh, team is that you there are so many options. There really are. Uh, and you can, you know, when you have these injury spells, you have guys that can come in and do a job. Now, I think we all agree that Demir Krylak, whilst he is a workhorse and he'll do a job for you up front, his best position is in midfield. Whether that is next to Everton Louise, whether that is filling in for Albert Rusnak, you see his best soccer, those late runs into the box, um, still scores a ton of goals. I don't think it reduces his goal production when he moves back into the midfield. Um, so for me, um, right now, it would still be Zach McMath uh, in goal for me. Zach McMath is somebody that I followed his entire career in Major League Soccer. Yes, I do realize that he has lost pretty much every job, starting job that he's had in the league. Um, Andre Blake coming into Philadelphia uh, is still at Philadelphia, a great goalkeeper. He had a great start to his Colorado career. And then Tim Howard came in. Uh, Tim Howard is a legend of the United States uh, soccer. Um, I think it was still a bad move. But anyway, and then the, the, the one that was maybe a little bit more surprising was uh, up in Vancouver. And Vancouver is a bit of a mess. And uh, Maxine Crepo, who is the number one up there, uh, you know, sixes, sevens. He comes down here with an opportunity to make the number one spot in, you know, for himself. Andrew Portner, very good goalkeeper, filled in superbly uh, under the stewardship of Nick Romando. And then you've got David Ochoa, the long-term number one goalkeeper for Real Salt Lake, in my opinion, absolutely. Um, he's done a very good job, won a championship down with the Monarchs. You're going to be on the Monarchs calls this year, so you'll see a lot of him. Um, and you'll be able to speak a lot better than, than I will be able to uh, moving forward. But I think that obviously with the Olympics not happening now, um, that there, there is an opportunity for when Major League Soccer starts up again that David Ochoa can put some real pressure on the two guys that are in front of him right now um, because it does give you an option to move forward um, as the number one goalkeeper with a full season under his belt. Now, again, remember, USL and Major League Soccer two completely different divisions with regards to standard as well. Um, so that's a, a ton on the goalkeeper. I'm sure we can go into more depth. Donny Toya, absolutely your left back. Um, I know the guys and Bomber and, and, uh, and Dan and Elliot were looking at another left back to bring in. They brought in Ashton Morgan, who's of, of Toronto FC uh, fame. I don't think he is an upgrade on Donny Toya. The guys that they were looking at were an upgrade. It didn't happen for, for reasons that agents and clubs can only or other clubs can can be held responsible for Real Salt Lake did their bit for me I completely agree with you Justin Glad and Nadam on Wuha as your as your first or your starting center backs the reason why I like Justin Glad is because of his pace you can play a higher line so if you do get caught um, with that with an offside trap a little higher up the field he's got that recovery speed which Marcelo Silva doesn't have. He's got the similar pace of Nader Monawuha. Again, Marcelo, great defender. We've got three really, really solid centre-backs. Right back, there's no argument. Aaron Herrera, he'll be RSL's long-term um, right back. Uh, if he continues to impress and continues to improve, there's going to be other teams that are going to be interested in him. Whether he wants to go to South America, Central America, or uh, uh, into Europe, um, there is an opportunity there, I'm sure, 
for a solid uh, and athletic fullback. And you've seen his delivery from those wide areas, the goal for Demir Grylak against New York Red Bulls. Superb uh, in, in what he did there. I agree with your central midfield partnership of Demir Krylak and Everton Louise. Our midfield was completely different from Orlando um, uh, or City Soccer Club in the first week to against um, New York Red Bulls. And I think that was because of Everton Louise's presence. He is an absolutely ginormous player for us, even though he's more maybe five foot seven, five foot eight. Um, and then Albert Rusneck is your number 10. The only other change that I have for you here uh, is is uh, the attacking midfielders. Um, Jason Ramirez, I think, again, is going to be a long-term um, Jefferson Savarino-type deal project. Uh, just turned 19 years old. Very excited about him. But I think Corey Baird and Justin Miram. Justin Miram is a player that has done it time and time and time again in this league. Had a terrible time over in Orlando. Kind of found his feet a little bit again. Um, at Atlanta, uh, but his first spell at Columbus, he was, you know, one of those players that, again, you, you keep an eye on as he uh, burst into the league. Um, definitely think that's him, and there was some sparks there between him and um, Albert Rusnak. Uh, but again, you've got three attacking midfielders or wide mi uh, midfielders that uh, I'd be very excited about. And then for me, when he's fit, Giuseppe Rossi would be my number nine. Uh, the reason being is that he can drop back playing that number 10 role. Uh, he can bring others into play. Um, I won't say like a Roberto for me. You know, it was very, very lazy for me to keep referring back to, to, to Liverpool players. But this similar type player, very, very technically gifted. And I'll, I'll put this on record right now. Giuseppe Rossi, if he hits his standards, will be the most technically gifted player Real Salt Lake has ever had on their books. There's no no question about it. You can talk to me about Javier Morales and Albert Rusnak all day long. Wonderful players. Javier Morales was amazing for Real Salt Lake. And and I think that uh, that uh, Albert Rusnak has got a lot more to offer. But for, for sheer technical ability, nobody comes close to Giuseppe Rossi that RSL's ever had on their roster. I, I yeah, it's, hard, it's certainly hard for me to disagree with you. Um, and I understand there are a number of people out there that... Uh, that threw Rossi into their starting, their best starting eleven, uh, including our good friend Lucas <coughs> Mueller. Um, I don't, and, and to say that, Tom, I don't think there's any really wrong answers. I mean, I right. love Douglas Martinez. I think he's wonderful. I think that he could be a really, really good Major League Soccer player. Um, I do love Sam Johnson. I thought you saw him in flashes. Um, if he hadn't have had that knee issue towards the season end, I think that RSL may have had a few more goals out of him, maybe made a little bit of a deeper run into the playoffs. You never know. Uh, he's come back. He's still n nursing that uh, that knee. Obviously, this um, time out for the league gives us a great opportunity for him to get fit and fully rehabbed. Um, you know, there's so many players on this roster right now. Uh, this roster is better than last season's. It's better than 2019's for me. Which is which is saying a lot, and we can we can kind of go into that um, because Elliot, for our good friend, and of course newly appointed general manager, had a big part to play in 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 a lot of these off season acquisitions. My my only concern to go back to Rossi Spenno, um, when it comes to technical ability, I understand, and and I feel bad not putting him in my my starting my best That's... starting eleven. Um, I just and, and maybe. Maybe throw him in for Ramirez, who's very young and, and is also unproven um, at, at the Major League Soccer level. My, my concern, though, is if, if he plays the number nine role in the current formation Freddy Juarez is playing with, the 4-2-3-1, the 
Um, I, I just don't know that Real Salt Lake relies heavily on delivery. Um, their wingers, whoever it may be, Baird, Ramirez, um, and the like, Miram, uh, they, they put the ball into the box in the air a lot, you know, and, and occasionally mm-hmm. they'll cut in and try and make way with, with the ball at their feet, beating defenders and, uh, and getting a shot off towards the top of the box. But a lot of the time, the ball's coming through into the area in the air, and I'm I'm just not sure if Rossi can offer as much as uh, certainly Sam Johnson or or Douglas Martinez in the air. No, he's not as he's not going to be as prominent in the air. He's absolutely fine in the air. Um, but what you're looking at, you change your the way you play. You change your right. delivery. Um, obviously, you pinch Justin Miram, who's what six one, I think. Pinch he's him in on that left hand side, um, which which is more of an aerial presence which means that maybe you're looking at doing something a little bit more tactically different on the right-hand side with the deliveries like from uh, Aaron Herrera um, and whoever. And uh, Corey Baird had a couple of good balls into the box as well on that right-hand side. You don't want to lose that. Uh, And that's where you're looking for the types of uh, Justin Miriam to pinch in on the left-hand side. You are looking for those late runs into the box from Demir Krylak. I still don't think you miss a beat with Demir Krylak moving back into the midfield. Um, to, to attack the balls from those. It's got to be the right delivery, though. Uh, and I completely agree with you. You do have to change a little bit how you play. Again, the nice thing about this is with his ability to drop deep and be another number 10-ish type deal player along with Albert Rusnak and then play in the likes of Justin Miram or Jason Ramirez or a Corey Baird with a little bit more pace, um, then you you open yourself up for a different type of software. And I, I think this is very, very exciting. There's so many different options for Freddy Juarez that uh, I think you'll see a lot. I think you'll see uh, different um, different players come in and, and uh, tactics uh, t- tweak slightly. But the most important thing is, is that in transition, you're going to be looking at your two centre-backs, your um, um, Everton Louise to provide protection in the attack, and then you've got the Demir Krylax, you've got your two fullbacks and Donny Toya and Aaron Herrera providing even more width and overlapping from your attacking wide midfielders. As I said, you're looking at more of a Corey Baird or a uh, Justin Miram to join and pinch in with Giuseppe Rossi with those overlapping runs. It's, I think it's very, very exciting, the attacking transition that this team can offer. Right. Do, do you think that... The current roster that Real Salt Lake and Freddy Juarez have, do you think it best suits the formation they're playing with that four-two-three-one, or would you, would you tinker it? Because, because with Giuseppe Rossi, um, I think he's best suited personally to to be involved in more of a two-pronged attack, whether that's a traditional four-four-two or or what have you. But would you be interested in seeing you know, Freddie completely? Not that I think this is going to happen, because it probably would have happened at the start of the season as opposed to midway through. But, but you know, they're going to have to have this impromptu preseason once everything does get up and running again. Is there a chance, do you think, that they could play their best style of football under a different formation than what they're currently using? No, not really. Um, as I said, you have, to, you have to change the way you play through uh, the midfield. Um, if you want to go long, then you're gonna you're not gonna be starting um, uh, Giuseppe Rossi. He's someone that would come off the the bench and and uh, and be an impact player, uh, maybe to play off a Demir Krylak or a, a, a Sam Johnson or, or a Douglas Martinez. You saw uh, the way Red Bulls came into Rio Tinto Stadium. They played a lot of balls over the top, and that was their idea. They get the 
the, the big man up top and they net will knock the ball down. That's where the, the way the goal came from as well. If you want to go that route and it's a game plan and you think that's someone that's a, a way to open up a team, I say go for it. But your philosophy is to get that ball on the deck and moving to more of a 3-4-3 or 3-5-2 type deal formation when you're going into the attack. Um, that's just the way it is. RSL um, do have that protection in Everton Louise, who does a two-man job, to be honest with you. Demir Kralik isn't really a number six or a number eight. He's more like an eight and a half, ten uh, type deal player. So um, you have to, you know, he'll, he'll put in shift in absolutely next to Everton uh, when, when you know, things are difficult and, and you're, you know, you're lining up defensively. But in the attack, um, you want Demir making those late runs. You want um, Albert Rusnak in and around the top of the area yeah, for those balls that he can strike cleanly um, or, uh, you know, set up uh, another attack for RSL with, with the wide players. Uh, the fullbacks are absolutely vital. Mike Pecky has said this. Jason Christ has said this. The modern-day fullback, though, uh, when you look at it, and it's very interesting, uh, you know, I watched that... Uh, that uh, uh, four golf four hole challenge with tubes from from Soccer AM. Uh, he was with Danny Mills. This his latest one. I don't know if you've seen this one yet. Danny Mills was a very very good fullback. Played for Leeds, uh, Manchester City. Uh, played for England. Went to a World Cup. Very very good uh, fullback. But he knows that he would never ever be able to play uh, the type of role he played in in the modern game. Now bearing in mind he only retired in two thousand and nine. But he was a defensive first type deal fullback. He would want right. to smash somebody immediately and, and get his tackles in. Wonderful, fantastic, knock someone over. And that was his job. His job really wasn't his first touch, his, his, um, his delivery. You look at uh, English fullbacks right now, and I know we're we'll back to England, blah, 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 blah. But Trent Alexander-Arnold, you look at Kieran Trippier, um, you look at Ben Chilwell over at, uh, at Leicester. Those are those are attacking players that have very good first touch, very good delivery. They have to do both things. They have to be very good at attacking. They have to be very good at delivery into the box and joining the attack with those overlapping runs. Uh, and that's just the, the way that uh, I think RSL play. I think the strengths are that Donny Toy was a defensive first type deal fullback, but he is really a winger by trade when he was in the academy. And you see him when he joins the attack. He's very good at those overlapping runs, his delivery. Uh, sometimes is is a little bit off. Aaron Herrera, another one played wing in in uh, in uh, college. You see, when he goes forward, when he joins those attacks and he gets around and overlaps um, Corey Bed, um, you know, I think that uh, that these modern day fullbacks are vital to how RSL attack to join uh, and provide that five man midfield. It's vital. It's absolutely vital. And when this when this team starts to tick a little bit more, we saw it. They huffed and puffed, and they were very, very good against New York, and they probably deserved all three points. Um, but I think when they get a little bit more luck and a little bit more cohesion together, that uh, that you're going to see a very, very fun team to watch, particularly at Rio Tinto Stadium. Right, and I think we saw that you know, certainly in glimpses when they played the Red Bulls. You know, mm -hmm. they they should have had four or five goals. Um, against the Red Bulls, and you know, unfortunately, they only end up with one. It came in the 94th minute to me, cry like with um, with a header. Um, but they were they were as dominant as can be at time. They have been um, for many many years, and I imagine that trend continues. Um, continue if if you will, if you're up for it. Um, sending through your your best eleven. 
Um, like I said earlier, you can find me at, at Tom Can't Hack it on Twitter at Spenno underscore 77. Yeah, we love uh, it. For, we do. We, it's we, we, we kind of giddy opinions. about it. Yeah, and it's, it's you know, I'm, we're not here to tell you your, your opinion's wrong. Every, you know, that's the great thing about soccer is that everybody's opinion counts. And right. when we post this online through the KSL or Tom will post it on Twitter or whatever, we'd love to, you know, your ideas, uh, your thoughts about uh, where you uh, see Real Salt Lake moving uh, towards, whether that's your starting eleven right now or towards season end where maybe David Ochoa does get an opportunity or Justin Glad does win his, uh, his rollback. Do you want to see an upgrade anywhere? I mean, I know there's been, you know, talk about, you know, we wanted to see uh, Donny Toya uh, maybe upgraded on. I've always liked Donny. I think he's a solid player. But uh, I don't think Ashton Morgan um, is an upgrade, so to speak. But we'll see. You know, there's an, a fresh opportunity for him. He was a solid player up at, at, uh, at uh, Toronto. So, yeah, I mean, I'm up for all opinions. I'd love to, to think outside of the box as well. Maybe even a different formation change as well. Go for it, guys. Yeah, just send it. Send it through. I've always been critical with Donny Toya, Spenno, and um, and maybe I need to send an apology. Here's why I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I, I don't hate the way he plays. I just I just have an issue with certain aspects of his game, and um, and that's all there is to it. I think, as you mentioned, his ability to get forward is impressive. I think the way he sees the game, the way he sees space is is ideal, um, and he gets into positions to really have an impact. My, my biggest problem is, like you kind of referred to, is his delivery suspect more often than not. It's it could be it could be a lot better um, when it comes to putting balls into the area, put, putting attacking players into a position to get a shot off and, and put the ball. In uh, in the back of the net, but then also I just think at times he's 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 just too careless with the football at his feet for me. He turns the ball over a lot when he's trying to make these passes going forward, um, and that obviously is something I think he needs to work on a lot. But but he's the best left back Real Salt Lake have, and that's the bottom line. And he'll continue to play until somebody like Ashton Morgan proves him wrong. Um, but but you know I, I I think I think if there's a weakness. For RSL right now, you'd probably have to put point your finger towards Donny Toy in the left back. Uh, but then again, like you know, without being too critical, he's he's had glimpses, he's had games where it's like, man, he looks like the best player on the pitch. You know, it's like, can we just get that a bit more, a bit more consistently? Uh, Real Salt Lake will benefit from it greatly. But uh, anyway, I digress. Hopefully, Donny um, doesn't tune in and we don't we don't offend him too much because <laughs> as a bloke, I, oh, I respect no. him. No, and, no, I think uh, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think he's 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 a good a good, a good player for Real Salt Lake. Um, I think maybe the only other argument that you're looking at right now is another partner for Everton Louise, um, Nick Beasler, um, and uh, Justin Portillo um, are the backups right now. Um, I think there is uh, an upgrade possible, in my opinion, uh, to push uh, Demir and Everton Louise. I think that would be better. Obviously, Kyle Beckerman is in there as well, but uh, I don't think I see him as a long-term starter. Um, hopefully, he's uh, fit and healthy because he will be, a, you know, a, a great asset to to the team. But uh, you know, moving forward, there, you know, I think there is an opportunity for someone else to come in and really make uh, make a push. Maybe we're looking at that when when Kyle finally hand, hands up his uh, his boots, um, where there'll be a little bit more money freed up. Um, 
but yeah, I, I think there's there's certainly if you're looking at uh, another area of the team that you think that you could upgrade or, or uh, get in a another higher quality player uh, to really push the guys in the middle of the park, that that would be the the place for me. Um, as we mentioned at the top of the show, um, Freddie Juarez did this roundtable with uh, a number of media members, um, which was which was fascinating um, because he kind of opened up a bit. Um, and and I was telling you this, Spenno, before we kind of clicked record. But you know when he when when Freddie got the job, I just immediately started thinking um, about how he's going to be quite, uh, hidden. He's not going to be all that open. He's going to have a hard time kind of getting himself out there and and telling the press. Did I lose you? Uh, what? Oh, there you are. Sorry. My screen froze. Oh, that's all right. Sorry, I was just going on a tangent. I know, I'm sorry, I missed it now. I bet it was no, good. No, no, I was just saying how when Freddie got the job as as manager, I was thinking, you know, he'd be quite um, quite difficult to get anything out of. You know, he seems rather closed and doesn't like mm-hmm. to open his doors a ton. But that um, <laughs> that thought of mine quickly changed when... I uh, was able to get on board with this with this little roundtable he did earlier in the week. He spoke openly about a number of different issues. He admitted that the league office right now is um, is working tirelessly with with the clubs and obviously the the health organisations, World Health organisations, as well as other health experts, to try and figure out the best way to get this season back and running. When that will happen, they still don't know. But Freddie's anticipating a condensed season, Spenno. He's anticipating a lot of uh, three games in seven day type scenarios. And mm-hmm. I guess my question to you before I share mine is, is with the, with the current roster right now that Real Salt Lake have, do you think, do you think that they're, they're, they're suited to, um, to, to do well in, in, in three and seven type weeks? Because at the end of the day, I think the youth and, and the depth of any club is going to come into, into play here. Oh, massively. Um, what 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 are your thoughts when you look at RSL right now, the roster they have? Uh, do you think the youth and the depth is 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 adequate enough? Uh, Major League Soccer is always going to have issues uh, until they really expand the budget, um, you know, and and um, and have players really deep into your squad. Now, obviously, you'll be tested. The players like Eric Holt, uh, Justin Portillo, Nick Beasler, um, you know, players that are really on the fringes. Um, that of the squad of the first team um, involved, but you know sometimes you'll see them play uh, down at the Monarchs. They're going to be used. They're going to be used heavily, which means there's going to be more opportunities for your academy players to go and play with the Monarchs. Um, they'll be needed. Um, uh, there's going to be players coming up from the Monarchs that you would expect. I, I won't say there'll be tons of starts for different players, but off the bench, you know that 60 minute the guys have given. You know the first teamers have given that. They're all for for 60 minutes, but they do need a breather. We do need to freshen things up. You do have players that can make a difference, and, and that is going to be absolutely vital moving forward. It will be a test of, of your, your squad depth. But the players like uh, Luis Arriaga, uh, Julian Vasquez, um, Michael Chang that came up from the Monarchs, Chris Garcia, who we were impressed with in preseason, young 17-year-old, you know, they're going to get minutes uh, in this condensed season. It makes sense. It's great. It's fun. 
Uh, but it's going to be a baptism by fire at the same time. To to your point, I think what's going to be fascinating is uh, the style in which RSL are going to play is is one where they they like to control the football and they like to wear opponents down by kind of making them chase and and if they can if they can control the game early uh, specifically at home it's much easier for Real Salt Lake at home as it is um, on the road um, for them to control the game. Uh, but what 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 often happens, Benno, and I imagine this trend will will continue as well, is uh, you know come sixty minutes into the contest, if RSL have say sixty percent possession, you know the, that that's when teams start wearing down, and these gaps and holes across the back four start opening up that maybe in the first half weren't there. So these younger kids that uh, assuming they get they get they get an opportunity, I mean there there could be some Cinderella stories here for uh, for a number of RSL young players to to really have a big big impact and I think that's going to be awfully promising for the fan base uh, and for everybody involved down at the club if if they can capitalize on those opportunities then man this club is going to set themselves up for failure and what was you know once this this dire situation where we're without football without major league soccer for so long you know the condensed season the three games in seven weeks scenario that could really help real salt lake i i reckon uh, as i said you know it'll definitely be a baptism by fire some of these kids are gonna you know really find out if if they are gonna make it to the next level sink or swim type deal thing um oh. you know so i, I th- i'd be excited if i was a young player here at uh, Real Salt Lake. Obviously, I'm not excited about uh, COVID-19. Um, you know, I hope everybody's safe and well and, and we're protected. But when it's safe to start that season um, and they want to get a full season in um, and maybe, you know, get the end of the season going in towards, you know, mid-December, um, you know, uh, that these young players do have an opportunity to thrive. Uh, and, and if it's not the right opportunity, then maybe you do see some tired players out there. We've seen you see it in in leagues across the world towards season end. If there are tired players, uh, and if that's the way you want to be at, um, you don't trust the young guys just yet. They shouldn't be given minutes just because uh, of this condensed schedule. I think though that uh, that there are players that have seen five ten minutes here or there uh, in preseason, impressed uh, that will continue to grow more and more throughout the season. Um, and, and we've got to use them. We've got to use them. Uh, we've got to give them. We've got to dangle that carrot uh, because players like Sam Johnson, you know, maybe they are dispensable. Maybe Justin Miram is. Maybe Giuseppe Rossi leaves after a season. You've got you throwing the gauntlet down to these young kids to to take a contract off a senior pro uh, moving into 2021. I know we're going into to next year already, uh, but there is an opportunity there to to really save not only the club money. Uh, but showcase their skills. If they do move on to another team, like the Brooks Lennons, like the Epperson Savarinos, there is good money to be made uh, from these young players that you've built up and, and educated uh, in the soccer world correctly. Uh, another young player that I know will be just itching at the bit to, um, to, to almost get redemption, if you will, is, is Tate Schmidt, who, uh, who actually got the nod. Spenno, if we go back a couple months now, um, got the nod to start in the season opener on the road against mm-hmm. Orlando City on the wing. Um, Tate's one of those players that, like from a skill set perspective, if you just if you're able to get to the stadium early to watch the players warm up, um, 
I mean, that left foot of his is wicked, and he can t- he can touch and control that football better than honestly almost anybody mm-hmm. on the on the team. Maybe now Giuseppe Rossi has him covered, but 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 he's a wizard with that left foot. I, I think he's got a, pl- a role to play going forward for RSL. But what I will I will say against Orlando City is when he had to drop back and defend, he was exposed greatly. He had a really really hard time um, keeping keeping himself in front of the football. Um, and RSL were were quite lucky in the sense that they didn't concede more goals than they did simply because of the way Tate um, Tate let them down defensively. But I'm sure I, I can almost guarantee you, if the season gets back up and running, he'll have an opportunity, and he'll be hungrier than ever to get out there and uh, and make some sort of statement to tell Freddie sorry about that first week, son. I'm back though, and uh, and hopefully you can trust me. Uh, well. When you when you talk about that though, um, he played left wing back uh, in the second half of the season down in USL for the Monarchs. Played very very well, um, and I, that just is another testament to this, the the different standards that we are seeing between USL and Major League Soccer. We talk a lot about these young players that we're excited to see. Uh, Douglas Martinez uh, tore it up in USL. Not a starter for for Real Salt Lake quite yet. There's potential there. You've seen um, some very good minutes from other players down in in USL and not quite get the rub or the luck or the minutes that they probably would want in Major League Soccer because it is a higher standard. I know I'm not revealing anything amazing here, Tom, but you see a lot of talk on the Twitter sphere, on the Twitterers. Um, about you know we should be doing this, we should be doing that. It's it's a big it's a big test, and um, you know I trust the coaching staff. This is where Freddie comes into his own. This is a man that went through the academy coaching, went through the Monarchs, started the Monarchs, um, and then an assistant coach in Major League Soccer. He's got his his uh, opportunity to be the head coach in Major League Soccer now. Um, but he knows what what's uh, required of these young players, and uh, I trust him. I would say more than a Mike Pecky than a uh, Jeff Kassar, uh to handle this young talent um, and and delve out and divvy those minutes up for these young players that are playing very well down in USL or very well in the academy uh, to to how they can adapt to life in Major League Soccer. Uh, Spenno, I um I was able to to get some notes down um, regarding that roundtable <laughs> with Freddie Juarez earlier in the week, uh, and I think it's worth uh, just going through, kind of fill it in the fan base, those that uh, that listen to us, we uh, we should reward them with uh, with insight. Um, and so if if you don't mind, I'm just going to go through a few of the notes I took and and keep you in. So uh, Freddie admitted that he gave the players the first week or two off. Um, he didn't ask them really to do much he, he he wanted them honestly to just clean their clean their homes spend time with their families um get used to this new way of living if you will where self-isolation and and trying to quarantine to the best of of their ability is is obviously pretty new to them um although he did say that they they jumped on a zoom conference call so they got the entire team together players and coaching staff alike uh, earlier this week and uh, they went through a little core workouts with their head strength and conditioning coach um he said he said the excitement levels are, are certainly there they they're growing by the daily so just the the smile on a lot of these players faces once they were able to see their teammates um 
on the computer. Um, he was quoted saying that they're regaining hunger. We're missing it. We have the itch. He thinks that that's obviously crucial. It's important for the players and myself that uh, that coming back that that we're coming back with excitement every day. You can't wait to get back. That's important. So that's the good news. Um, they're going to have two conference calls as a team a week. One's going to be um, a workout that they're going to do together in the comfort of their own homes, uh, and then later that week they'll go through some film analysis. Um, Freddie also was talking about Spenno how he's he's kind of given assistant coaches new roles that they haven't had that Mike Petke never did this. He he mentioned um, uh, Jeff Kassar never did this. So the coaches that have come before Freddie, they, they didn't really put this responsibility on the assistant coaches, but he mentioned that uh, they're kind of breaking down every team in the West right now and they'll make their way over to the East. But every, every assistant coach, including Freddie, um, has a two-team responsibility to kind of go back, watch the first two weeks, go look at the preseason games that they all took part in and come up with a, um, with a tactical analysis plan for, uh, for when they face them in, in the regular season when it comes back. And I, I thought that was really cool. I think, um, I think a lot of head coaches, a lot of just people in, in power um, in general have, have a really hard time delegating responsibility and and roles. What Freddie's doing here is 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 not only setting him setting his his staff and his assistant coaches up to hopefully one day become a head coach, which is what they all aspire to be. But it's also showing that he that he respects them uh, and he respects their, their their way to watch the game, their ability to break down the game. And I I thought that was unique and and interesting. And you know I tip my cap off to Freddie. For doing that, because you know he's just recently gotten that job, Spenno. It, might, it would be real. It would have been really easy for him to just take all the reins in and say, "I'm in control. You'll do what I do," and that's the bo- that's the bottom line. But he's um, he's pretty open uh, to to giving his assistant coaches responsibility, which which I was impressed with personally. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, six set of eyes, or you know, whatever amount of eyes on on teams. Um, is better than one. Um, ultimately, the final call will be Freddie. Um, but to have his coach's perspective, um, I think is absolutely wise. I think any top coach would do that anyway. Otherwise, why would you employ them? Why would you trust them to to train your team? And I know he's very hands-on, and sometimes he has to stand off because he's now the head coach. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that uh, why would you employ a coach if, if you don't respect his opinion as well? doesn't mean you have to you know, go with everything that he says, but uh, to have a, an extra set of eyes on, on a team, um, I think is absolutely vital and a good use of our time moving into uh, moving, you know, as we wait for the season to restart. Does it make a difference to results? Maybe. It will be wonderful. It's still going to be an absolute dogfight, the Western Conference, when we get back up and, and the ball is finally rolling again. It's going to be an absolute dogfight, the Western Conference, because so many teams improved uh, and the usual suspects are going to be there uh, again. So, uh, you know, very, very excited. Uh, maybe we get onto this round table as well. If Matt Gash is uh, lovely enough to uh, to get us on board, uh, uh, you know, that'll be wonderful. And, um, you know, I'm interested to see and hear Freddie and hear more from him because, and um, 
I don't say this lightly, but he is a more tactical, more technical coach than we've had for the past few years. You know, we had a very good coach in Jason Christ. We talk about that all the time, um, who relied heavily on his, his own coaches. But he had his own set philosophy, his ideas, tactically and technically. And um, I think that um, we've, we've finally got one that is, I won't say on par with Jason Christ, because proof is in the pudding, Tom but someone that thinks that deeply about it all the time. Uh, and I'm very excited for Freddie. And I'm very excited for the young players that uh, that we have uh, under his uh, tutelage. Yeah, as am I. Um, another interesting little note that, that came from the meeting, Freddie, uh, Freddie said he, he's asked, and he didn't, he didn't say who specifically mm. these guys were, but he <laughs> said that a couple... Quote, a couple of, of my friends outside the club is, is how he referred to them. As Blob a, badly. Yeah, hopefully he said that he's asked them uh, to politely review um, the first two games as well as the preseason games and, and, and kind of come back with a report on what they see, both good and bad. Um, he mentioned that they had been trying a few things during the preseason and that these friends of his picked up on that, that they were trying to utilize certain, uh, certain parts of the ground and, and certain ways of playing. He didn't go into specifics. Um, uh, but he did say that he re- he returned the offer, which makes which makes me think that uh, these friends of his might might be other coaches. Now, of course, we we can only speculate as to who they are and as to whether or not they're they're coaches in Major League Soccer or not. But uh, I thought that was that was interesting. He's asking uh, for for a lot of help from a lot of people, which which I'm a big fan of personally, as as kind of you talked about. I think the more eyes, the better, and um, and and Freddie's certainly trying to do that to the best of his ability. Uh, they've set something up that they haven't done before. They're, they're calling this IDPs, which uh, otherwise known as independent developmental plans for the RSL Academy, Spenno. So as uh, as you've heard, the owner of Real Salt Lake talk about at nauseum, Mr. Deloitte Hansen, uh, the youth project over there in Harriman is atop the priority. They are trying to, um, if they haven't already become one of the more premier academies in all of North America, and they've set this program up during the extended break that uh, that, that essentially gives these younger players, the, the academy players, a much better idea of, of where their weaknesses lie and how they can fix them. Um, so there's this fine line because everybody's different, so it takes a lot of work. He did mention that one of the reasons they haven't implemented this sooner is because of the amount of time and effort that goes into a project like this. But uh, everybody's different, right? So for one player, he might need to work out more in the gym, get his core strength, his legs stronger. Others might need to uh, work on their their ability to control the football better. And so everybody's going to be different. Um, And then, of course, you've got you've got to worry that worry about how hard do you push him? How hard do you push him to try and help uh, develop these the, these these weaknesses and turn them into positives? You know, if, if somebody needs more work in the weight room, right? You know, you, you can't just throw them in there and say, hey, start lifting weights for eight hours a day, five days a week, because these kids are going to have to eventually play games on the weekend and they're expected to play well. So um, that's that's more positive news coming out of the club. It's not just obviously... Uh, a focus on the first team and the Monarchs, but uh, the RSL Academy getting some love from uh, the manager, Freddy Juarez, um, and the staff 
um, and everybody involved, technical staff, strength and conditioning coaches, um, the medicos, you name it, they're all involved. So, um, and, and I guess they're going to try and do this roundtable spinner once a week. So um, although we weren't able to make it last week, it was on short notice, which is uh, not, not to our fault, but, but I know Monday or Tuesday next week we'll be able to jump on again with them and, um, and ask our questions because I know we have them. So, um, so there's that for you. Spenno, yeah, how about it? Love it. Sounds great. I know. That's 48 minutes of, uh, well, what Nonsense. we think really good content. No, oh, no, Maybe. good content. <laughs> good content. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. You re- I mean, you referenced you know, England and Liverpool maybe like three too many times for my liking. I know, I know. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Um, if, I could, if I could mention the A-League, I would, although I'm incredibly embarrassed um, when it comes to my my homeland and the, the Brisbane Raw. <laughs> anyway, you um you've been a joy, Spenno. Um it's best that you probably get back to your family. Um I ought to or make work. sure Freddie's still going strong and uh, all work. Um and we'll be back next week. Twitter, you need to follow us, I promise you, because the content's good, you'll enjoy it. Um and we love your interaction. We get back to you, we we respond as fast as we can at Tom Can't Hack It, as well as at Spenno underscore 77. This has been yet another edition of The Lion. Then we say so long and goodbye.